Eh, like I said before, the only Easter eggs I like are chocolate, so I don't know nothing about any of this. <laughs> you said that earlier, and then you made sure that you said it while we record. Right. I want it. Um, I want it recorded. That that's how I feel about Easter eggs. I got what well, you, you. We got it. Summer sessions in session. Expect the unexpected. I'm talking to minutes to seconds. This podcast perfection. Keep you guessing what methods I'm messing with the new section. And it's the dopest podcast on earth. Best you rep. So, you know we on. Tell me that we on. Yeah. This is the dope show. Yeah, we on. Tell me that we on. Yeah, this be the dope show. Yeah, we on. Tell me that we on. Yeah. This is the dope show. Yeah, we on. Tell me that we on. Yeah, this be the dope show. This is the dope show. We play the ghost exclusive. What up? Welcome to another super dope edition of Summer Sessions. Take an A to G6. G6. We kick you six news stories from pop culture of the week. I'm your host, Bradley Baxter, and this is Summer Sessions episode number 25. Today we're talking all about It Chapter 2. We got Katie coming on later in the show. We'll give an in-depth review. You know how we do over here. Upcoming episodes and announcements. We're hitting up episode number 100. Big deal over here. The dopest podcast on earth. Uh, That'll be October 8th. We'll be talking all about New York Comic Con. We got Chris coming out for New York Comic Con. It'll be Liddy. But on that note, let's just crank out this news. Quick Spider-Man update. For the moment, the door is, quote, closed. Uh, Sony Pictures chairman and CEO said of bringing Spider-Man back into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. CEO spoke at Variety's Entertainment and Technology Summit way back on Thursday, and actor Tom Holland is still contracted for two more Spider-Man standalone films with Sony. Tom Holland has also come out and said that it's in great hands, blah, blah, blah. I don't know how everyone's feeling about this, but there is still lots of time for deals to be made down the road, so don't fret just yet. Speaking of madness, though, Lil Wayne concert stampede of injury. Several fans were injured during a crowd stampede at Lil Wayne's outdoor Louisiana Fest in New Orleans on Saturday night. Uh, Quote, large segments of the audience estimated at 15,000 on the grounds of the University of New Orleans Lakefront Arena panicked and began running after Meat Mill's set. Police were uncertain what had triggered the crowd. Some have speculated that there was false reports of gunfire or possibly a fight. The show continued following the disturbance with sets from Travis Scott and Lil Wayne, who brought out guests Future, DJ Khaled, and a bunch of local rappers. More madness to add to social media, Spotify adds Snapchat feature. Spotify users will soon be able to recommend tracks and podcasts directly to their friends and followers on Snapchat, thanks to a new sharing option announced Monday. The new feature allows users to either add albums, tracks, or podcasts to a story or show them directly to their friends. Is anybody still on Snapchat except amateur porn stars? Eddie Murphy is making his return to stand-up. The comedian's long-awaited stage comeback will follow a Saturday Night Live gig as guest host and good buzz on the upcoming movie Dolomite Is My Name. 
The comedian said he's launching a stand-up comedy tour in 2020. You saw him talk to Jerry Seinfeld on Comedians in Cars, a little bit about getting back into the routine. He said that he wants to make sure that it's right and feels comfortable on stage. Speaking of old back on the big screen, Bad Boys 3 trailer dropped, and the duo are back in their first trailer for Bad Boys for Life, the long-awaited third installment of their action-packed buddy franchise. Although, shouldn't Bad Boys 4 technically be Bad Boys for Life? Puns, right? As evidenced in the trailer, the years haven't changed the banter and relationship between Playboy Mike Lowry and family man Marcus Brunette, who will work together one last time again when a revenge-seeking bad guy comes along for them. Also thrown into the mix is a new team of young cops played by Vanessa Hutchins, Alexander Ludwig, and Charles Melton. Big buzz over at Salt Lake Comic Con, aka Fan X. Uh, a Star Wars panel gets curbed. A Star Wars panel featuring Hayden Christensen and Ian McDermott was canceled this weekend at the Fan X Salt Lake Comic Convention, sparking rumors of spoiler concerns for Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. McDermott made his first appearance as the Emperor in Star Wars Episode 6, Return of the Jedi, and also returned for all three prequel films. Uh, Christensen, on the other hand, was the star of the prequel trilogy, appearing as Anakin Skywalker for Star Wars Episode 2 and Episode 3. Now, this has been rumored to be directly canceled by Disney because of spoilers. Apparently, they don't trust both these guys in a convention setting. Who knows who's willing to spill the beans? Speaking of spoilers and all of that, let's get right into our main show. We're talking all about it. Chapter 2, Katie is in the building. That's right. We're going to be going over Easter eggs, spoilers, all that. Let's go. want to introduce our special guest on today's show we're talking all about it chapter two katie what's up hi how are you i feel like we haven't done this in a really long time but two it's weeks. only been two weeks yeah like, since uh we did the whole d23 special yeah it feels like a it, a lot has gone on in the world and in our lives so i'm glad to be back today we're talking all about it chapter two yes it uh, dominated the box office this weekend, as of right now on the good old Rotten Tomatoes. Tomato, tomatoes. Tomatoes. <laughs> Meter. It's a, it sits at a sixty-five percent with an eighty-one percent audience score. Really? I rarely. I need to get a spreadsheet going of what I think versus what Rotten Tomatoes thinks, because I feel as if I never line up with it. Also, don't often in the last few weeks. Uh, they've added, I think, like. 300 more critics or something like that that are legit, supposed to be legit critics. I don't know uh, what that exact number is, but I did read that recently. Rotten Tomatoes, um, please the, it, let us know if you need our help. We would be happy to criticize. We can always, we can always submit. <laughs> we can always submit our audience score. Right. I believe the first one was certified fresh at 86 percent. And this one now, with that being oh, said, wow. it's my favorite part of the show. Katie, won't you? I, I have a paragraph, but I, I always like it when you do it because you do a really good job. <laughs> Why, thank you, Bradley. I So this is a second chapter in what is an incredibly long saga and an even longer book by horror king Stephen King. 
And so we're returning to Dairy Maine. It's been 27 years since the last time we've seen Pennywise. And Mike has remained in Dairy and realizes that Pennywise is back. And so he calls the rest of the team, AKA the Losers Club, and reminds them of the oath they took that summer 27 years ago and that they need to come back and they need to fight Pennywise as a group again. Boom. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into our reviews and stuff, I do want to talk about one quick. This is technically a spoiler, but I, I really liked this, that Warner Brothers did this. And what they did was put the Birds of Prey trailer yes like legitimately right before the movie and i was so confused when i saw the dc logo i was like wait this, this is a dc movie like it threw me <laughs> off did, did it confuse you or like did you know i didn't know but i was i wasn't necessarily paying that i mean i was paying attention but right now mm-hmm. with the way things are like you never know what to expect with cutscenes, previews guest appearances mm-hmm. But I was like, huh, all right, maybe they had something to say on this film. And then, of course, it was an ad for the Margot Robbie, Harley Quinn film, which looks great. Yeah. I'll see it. I thought that trailer at the beginning was legit genius because I literally was like, when I was thrown off by that. And then when I saw it, I was like, oh, oh, I see what they did there. Yeah, that what was smart. What did she say? She said something like, I'm so fucking tired of clowns or something like that. Right? Yes. Or think- I'm fucking over clowns or something. Yeah. I thought it was cool. I've never seen anything like it before. Uh, yeah, usually trailers aren't done like li- literally before the movie. Right. There's always like a turn off your cell phones and now the movie's going to begin. Yes. Don't ruin the movie. And, like with all that. And then you get thrown through like a roller coaster of popcorn or like. Yep. Some other theater stuff. Popping soda, um, carbonation. Yeah. And then this was yeah, after all yeah. of that. I missed the popcorn roller coaster. Yeah, uh, that was fun. That's a regal thing. Is that a regal thing? I need to go to a regal cinema to get on that ride again. Yeah. All right, you've seen the movie. I've yes. seen the movie. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Uh, what do you What do you think of the movie? Are you asking my STM? You know what you liked about it. Maybe some stuff you didn't like about it, and then rate it. I love movies where I laugh and I cry. And this movie, I laughed mm-hmm. and I cried and I was scared. So it really hit a new trifecta of viewing because it's rare that all three of those components are wrapped up into a film. So I really enjoyed that i really enjoyed that this movie has such a deeper meaning to it that like you can't let fear run your life that friendship and loyalty is really important that who you used to be does not have to dictate who you are today and so i felt like Mm -hmm. i walked out of there really really feeling excited about life like that was a heartwarming film which is really bizarre when we're talking about Stephen King's It Chapter Mm -hmm. 2. Yeah. So I loved... (laughs) True, true. Yeah, I loved that. Uh, The things that... I thought that it ran a little long. Yeah, I would agree with you. Two hours and 49 minutes. There were a couple little chunks in there that I think you could have gotten cut down to eliminate. Like, that's a a long time to sit for a film. Especially a scary one. Like, I was... I got kind of ill at some parts because there was so much happening and so much tension and so much visual disturbance did you say you got like, oh, you almost God. you felt ill yeah mm, okay i just want to make sure i heard you correct like i felt like pennywise had summoned me back and i was feeling sick like <laughs> i was like oh god can we like oh get past this a little bit so i would say that those were the things that that was what i didn't Careful. like but overall 
uh, I would splash this. I thought it was fantastic. Splash. My mom would also splash it. Shout out to Mary Comford for coming to this film with me, which would not be in her wheelhouse and was really fun. I was going to say, does your mom like scary movies? We forced her, forced her. We watched it on Christmas Eve, like two years ago. Um, <laughs> holiday classic. But what do you do? Tie her to a chair? Yeah, no, we just said, like, we're going to watch this. And my mom's so, like, Merry Christmas, mom. Yeah, my mom's just so like, oh, okay, family togetherness. Okay, we'll watch it. And so we watched it. And then we all, well, Nick, my mom, and I like just creeped my sister out because my sister really does not like clowns based on seeing this movie as a child. So she'd mm-hmm. already seen the first part. And she's, I mean, Mary's really up for anything, but horror is not her genre and neither is staying out till 10 p.m. and she did both of those so thanks mom i appreciate hey. you right and she she's so fun to see we appreciate yeah, you. yeah she's so fun to see movies with she gasps she laughs she's anything she, like you oh I mean, exactly like me I, yeah it's, makes yeah, sense it's, it's a whole um, other film that's happening <laughs> uh there was a lot of things that i liked about the movie obviously with a great cast mm-hmm. And I love the transitions from kids to adults. You definitely see that. You definitely uh, see how people can still be the same and be different um, as you grow up. I thought that translated really well. I thought the visuals were really good. I know they use a lot of practical effects more so than more so than CGI stuff, even though there's lots of CGI still. But uh a lot of things, like, I agree. I think the movie was a little too long. Definitely could cut some scenes. And the director's come out and said that he's got a, he, he's putting together a super cut Ooh. where it's going to be both movies with a bunch of stuff that didn't make the movie plus more stuff that he's still going to be shooting. So I don't know if, if that's coming out when this movie comes out on, like, Blu-ray and oh, all yeah. that stuff. But, or if they do the Marvel, you can sit but, here for the extra stuff and be here for oh no nah. i, I mean hours. i guess they, i guess they could yeah we, we want to make another 100 million dollars <laughs> this movie definitely wasn't as good as the la- the first one and i i'm i just got done watching the first one right before you called and i see i, th- I watched it this afternoon yeah and i think why that one is so good is i think it's i think it's because of the kids something about that like kids being afraid of monsters kind of scenario with like the yeah. added problems uh, on top of those. I still think this movie was good. Uh, I'm gonna give it a splash, but um, that was a that was a tough that was a tough splash to give. I did like it though. Okay. I thought I, I, mean, I didn't think it was very scary, but a lot of the visuals were pretty crazy and intense at times. But definitely not scary as least as the first one. Maybe I just thought the first one was like really creepy. Because it's like our first introduction of seeing Pennywise, but in this one, we're like, we know some of the antics. And, and then I know it tells the story about where he came from and that kind of whole thing. Yeah, this goes where she came from. It's actually a female. Oh, yeah. Entity. Well, in the in the book, it's a she, but in the movie, it's... <laughs> but yes, I, I liked how they dove a lot deeper and went to places that I think the original wasn't able to go. In right. the second half of the original. But I don't, now after seeing chapter two and trying to think back to the original, because I only saw the original a few years ago. I saw it. You're talking as about a the TV precursor. film? 
Yeah, the TV Tim Curry yeah. version of the movie. And I saw that, I think, the summer before Chapter 1 came out. And so I saw it as an adult, and I was like, mm. eh, this is not scary. But I know it would have been scary had I seen it as a kid. Uh, it creeped me but out. But now I kid. can't remember. Yeah, now I can't remember, though, how much of that chapter two, that second part of the miniseries, and this chapter two, like, line up. I can't remember yeah, I mean, how much that did. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't seen it in forever, but I think this is a whole new take on that whole scenario. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, because I don't, I definitely don't remember them talking about the ceremony that they needed to bring forth. I know that they didn't talk about... They didn't have that where they all split up and then they all had like these other kind of visions happening. So there was things that I definitely didn't see. Was there with. anything was there anything in the book that you wish you would have seen in the film? I haven't read the book. Oh, I thought you read the book. No, dude. Every time I go to read it, that book, it it's huge. <laughs> and that doesn't bother me. But if I'm reading a book, I bring it everywhere. So like if I have time. Mm, the I book's just too book. big to love. And around. I cannot. That book is like seven pounds. Maybe I can like split it and like rip it in half. But every time I'm like, oh, I want to read this book, I'm I'm overwhelmed with hauling it places. Um, <laughs> I could I, I, I could see that being a pain. Uh, it's, let's it's, talk a little bit huge. going forward. <laughs> going forward, we'll talk some spoilers and and some cool scenes. I kind of liked that they kind of kind of showed. Pennywise kind of be this alien creature a little bit more so than they did in the first mm-hmm. one. I thought that was cool. Um, and that first river scene, the first opening scene is pretty, pretty intense. One thing well, I, didn't... I said to my mom, I said, I was like, are you going to, should we leave? Like, are you going to make it? Because this is not her kind of film. But she yeah, watched I mean, they... all the seasons of Oz. But I thought, oh, my gosh. I mean. This is going to be seen Oz. Um, that I mean, that opening scene is pretty brutal, but I think it's it's another statement kind of thing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think it had multi layers of that. It's you know a statement of current reality, but also that when Pennywise shows up, violence begins to infect Derry in ways that it hasn't right. when he's dormant Not, or yeah. hibernating or whatever. You want to call it one of the i guess characters that i felt like didn't really trans or like come through was uh the bowers kid henry bowers as an adult having a yeah like he was like escaped but he escaped super easy and like <laughs> right i didn't i mean i guess i i was watching this one kind of trying to figure it out like pennywise just like kind of influences him, I guess what you're saying in the same sense of maybe like the violence thing, but then like his well, his homies get picked, like his homie gets picked up by a dead zombie thing, and then like you don't see them again. Yeah, like they, what happened to them? Henry gets possessed to kill his dad in you know in chapter one, and then right. obviously gets committed because I think he stays in that like kill them all mentality, and is totally deranged and it's probably deranged because he clearly had i mean what's with all the parents and dairy being abusive assholes well not only that uh, but how, how did it, how did he know that they were back in town i think when you, you know the red balloon like you just you see the red balloon and he needs to follow what orders pennywise is giving him to 
So he is, to go with. That's what I'm saying. Know? Like the story's kind of unclear in the sense of like, okay, so he breaks out of this place, sees the red balloon, and goes back on a killing spree to kill the kids again, or like fuck them up. But <laughs> it's just not very clear. It's just like there. Yeah, I think there. it's just that you know Pennywise has good minions that did his bidding well before. So I guess you'd be like, oh yeah, I'm back again. I'm gonna hit up Henry because. He killed his dad. He'll kill these kids. You know, I thought that I thought that that was interesting. I thought it was fun to see Henry, but that's definitely like a tertiary storyline that they could have cut. Right. And it wouldn't uh, have mattered. I mean, I don't think it would have mattered if he was in it or not. No. I mean, I thought it was fun seeing him, you know, with be this, with, super just, creepy and you know, and go for them and then go for, you know, I think it just made it easy and all of that. I think it just made it easy for jokes with like the mullet joke that's in there. Um, yeah, the mullet joke was funny. The overdue joke. My mom is a retired librarian, so she was in stitches about Bill. Hader well, yeah. saying, well, that's long overdue, you know, because we're in a library. Yo, Bill Hader was his jokes. His, Bill Hader's jokes in this was like super funny, but they he also was were so funny, super fitting for for uh, his Finn plays uh, the younger version of him. Like then, I think they that was like a perfect transition and casting choice. Finn, yeah, they know. said so when they asked because they asked all the kids after they filmed the movie or whatever, like who would you want to play? Who would you want to see play you as the older you? And and Finn actually said Bill Hader, and then like. Okay, so Finn, uh, so when they asked them, who do you want to play you in the sequel, because they all grow up, he said he wanted me to, and then my, I thought, oh, that's sweet, and my agent sent me a little clip of him saying that, and I was like, oh, that's nice, and then like three months later, they were like, hey, you got a meeting to meet with the director of It, and I was like, this Finn kid's like super powerful. <laughs> oh my God, he's running Hollywood. Yeah, he's like Joffrey. <laughs> like, bring him to me. <laughs> Bring me the boy, man who played Stefan. I want him to play me in the movie. <laughs> Bring him in here. <laughs> Little scepter. <laughs> Get him in here now. Barry, whatever his name is. Uh, Apparently all the kids went through, when, they, when the new cast came on, they all went through and wrote a letter. The kids wrote a letter to their older selves and Aww. sent them to, and like with a picture and sent them to the new cast as like so their character. So heartwarming for... Such a scary movie. I think, I mean, honestly, I think that the most, and I wrote this, I have like my bizarre in the theater notes. <laughs> that are, but I think that the most brutal part of the movie isn't even Pennywise. It's the way, especially for chapter one, which I know we're not necessarily discussing, but I watched it today. And the way that, you know, Henry and his friends terrorized and abused everyone. And then all these kids, terrible parents. Like that was to me the most brutal part of the film. Not necessarily, you know, the alien light being that takes the form of what you fear. Right. But I think that's the most disturbing I think my part because that stuff's real. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that you're absolutely right. But I think my favorite character who, in this, in chapter two anyway, becomes like kind of the unsung hero. But uh, the kid that plays him, his name is Jack Dylan Grazer, who plays Eddie. And that kid is yep. so, so good at like just being that paranoid 
Did you know this though? Overbearing. Yeah, some of the similarities because they kind of show you, you know, the the adults and what they're up to, but um, between his mom and his wife. Yeah, so it's like they're same. It's played by the same actress. Did you know that? Oh, really? Yeah, she played both his mom and his wife. Oh, so creepy. <laughs> Did you also notice that Bill's wife looked kind of like um, what's her name, Beverly? In a sense. When did we see Bill's wife? In the movie. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. So they're at the very beginning when she's yes. an actress starring in the film about his book. Yes. Oh, yeah. yes. But I don't know if Bill, I mean, I think Bill had a crush, but obviously, you know. Yeah, I, that was and, another thing I didn't really like about the movie was like, it kind of kept poking at that whole thing. and love triangle kind of like will they won't they or who's they like and then he, they kiss and it's like oh but then it's it's a roundabout thing i don't think the film really needs i get it i think they could have done without i mean he was married and he's making out with beverly even though yeah, he's I mean, unhappily married i seems. don't know if he was unhappily married necessarily you know, they, isn't there a scene where they're like well the one and blah, blah, blah. i don't know, I don't what know what that means <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that whole love triangle was like gone 27 years and it's still happening where fucking Ben is just lurking. Who's turned every into move. like a total god is like yeah. still hanging on to Beverly. I mean, I don't know. Some people I mean, hang part, on to the but, people that they love forever. Right. No. I, and I'm okay. That part is fine. But I'm what I'm saying is like the lurking at like every move that Bill and Beverly are together. Like. <laughs> Well, that's because Beverly still thinks Bill wrote the poem. So, like, she's What's... this, like, broken woman leaving an abusive relationship and is, like, seeing her old love, which she's incorrectly placed feelings on because she felt so many thoughts when she got that beautiful poem. And it's like, oh, gosh, like, here's salvation in the middle. You know, here's there's just too many. And, I know. get it. I get it. But there's too many scenes of, like, Ben just lurking at these two. It's a two and a half. It's two hours and forty nine minutes. Like we don't need nine scenes of Ben just lurking. Like that should that should be me. Beverly's my like. Well, we get it. it. And, the message you know, was clear. Spoiler: We, we got it. His. I mean, well, they were, yeah, at the end, but it's fine. Like there's like five scenes you could have taken out right there. Boom. I didn't mind the little touch of humanity and romance in the midst of what was, you know, intense violence and creepiness at all. But I, you know, I get it. I think that Bill should have said, hey, you know, 27 years ago, I'm married now. She's still technically married, even though she, you know, left her ring behind. But yeah, I mean, yeah. It was an added layer of tension that maybe wasn't totally necessary, but I think it was playing to like the the old version, you know, the original version very much had a ton of that tension between the two. Well, I guess the triangle. Yeah. With lots of Ben, you know. Let's talk about some jealous. Easter eggs. OK, let's talk about your Easter eggs. My favorite part of you movies. love you love an Easter egg. I love a good Easter egg conversation. Um, So <laughs> there was a few. There's definitely a lot of callbacks to Stephen King books. Uh, and one Stephen of my, King himself. Yeah. One of my favorites is the ongoing joke about 
Bill being this writer that nobody likes the endings of his books. Right. Which right. was a which was like a big thing with Stephen King. They definitely mentioned that a little more than necessary, but it's fine. Uh, he obviously makes a cameo appearance. Yes. And I was like, oh, he's he's this gonna be like his Stanley stuff? Are we gonna? Is this what we're gonna get in like all the the net in the Stephen King verse? He's, he's been in a few of his other films, though. Or yeah, a few of his other film adaptations. Right. I'm still. I'm actually pretty curious if they're still building out this universe because they they kind of tried to do that with uh, Dark Tower, but then that didn't do so well. Actually, I actually didn't mind that movie, but um, there's actually. Uh, Isn't that with Idris Elba? I'm surprised yeah. I haven't seen that. And Ma- Matthew McConaughey. <laughs> in that in that movie, they come across a, like a circus and like a sign that says Pennywise in that movie. So it seemed at one point they were gonna try and build out the Stephen King universe. And but yeah. he's got a, his next movie coming out is was it Doctor Sleep? Sleep. Yeah, um, the but there were some the Shining. Yeah, there was some calls to the Shining in this film. Is in uh, what's his name? Didn't it was Bowers right? That did that. That like came through, or was it Pennywise that did that? I can't remember. Which was one? like, hey, there's Johnny. Oh, in that scene where Beverly's in the bathroom. Was that it? Yeah. Still, yeah. I feel like that was maybe her dad. Oh, you're right. You're right. I couldn't. Yeah. T- I couldn't tell who everyone was. That I mean, between flashing to Ben to her, and then just the intensity of like that scene, I couldn't always tell. Who was shouting at the door towards her? Um, also, the kid's skateboard. Um, there's a kid who makes an appearance like three times. Ironically, I mean, I guess they they make it clear that the town is very small. That this kid gets keeps running into these people, right? But he has a skateboard that has like a pattern that matches uh, the carpet in the hotel from The Shining. Oh, that's a zippy yeah. little tie-in. Yeah, yeah, right. Qu- I quick question for you. Since you've freshly seen the movie, yes, and I haven't really been able to chance to talk to anybody about this yet, but there's a a scene that I don't remember being in the first film, so I'm assuming they just filmed it for this one, where mm-hmm. Finn is in the arcade. Uh, what's what's his name? His, name, his real name's Finn, but uh, he plays Richie. Richie, yeah. Where he's in the arcade and he's like, "Here's a quarter. Like, hey, you want to play some more Street Fighter?" Right, and I and there's like this weird, and then they Bowers like. You know, it's like a gay moment, but not. It didn't really. Well, I think Richie's gay. It, right. It, that's what I'm saying. There's like that undertow, but like it didn't really wasn't clear. Right. That makes sense. Well, I think it. The oh. reason that I feel like Richie was gay is that Pennywise, when they first see each other, when he's back, he says like, "I know your dirty little secret. Do you want me to tell everyone?" Right. And we never get told what it is. Right. And then there's this moment where. He is at the very know, end. at the arcade, and then the moment where he's like finishing, you know, the initials carved into wood. So I don't think that that right. was in the original. I was kind of half paying attention, but no, it wasn't it. in chapter one. But I don't think it was in the original either. So I guess he in turn had a thing for a little crush Eddie? on Eddie. Obviously, I mean, who yeah. wouldn't have a crush on Eddie with that adorable inhaler and an overbearing mom? And an obsession with germs. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> when he gets stabbed in the cheek, though, that was actually a really good scene. That was a that was great. I mean, Eddie, I really appreciated the comic relief of Richie and Eddie. I thought that they were so fantastic, and I feel like Eddie is who most people would be 
if you were in this situation. You know, you watch these horror films yeah. and people are grabbing spears and guns and going for it. But I really feel like most people would be, you know, up against a wall being like, I'm freaked out. I can't do this. Right. I'm scared. <laughs> no, he did it. I really uh, that actor's been in a bunch of um, like horror movies. He is like, yes, yeah, I don't know if it's on purpose or not. His name's uh, James. James Ransom. Yeah, he was in Sinister, which are. Yeah. But, that's a fantastic. I hope they come up with a third one. Those two movies, that first one especially, was amazing. Apparently, he just had a baby, so he's uh, oh, on maternity. He had the baby? Just kidding. Con- yeah, he did. Congratulations to James and his partner on their baby. <laughs> what would be your thing that Pennywise could get you with? Like, what's your scary? Oh, like my fear or whatever? Like, did you have a specific fear when you were a kid and then has that changed now? Like if Pennywise was going to lure you now or freak you out now, like what would what would he have to do? I mean, it's a great question. I, I guess it's kind of tough to say because like, I mean, looking back at the kids it was like um, for Eddie, was it this the leper? He was like afraid of that leopard. That was it. I mean, it's a zombie care type of. Yeah, but lepers weirdo. are like, I don't know. There's like a biblical part to it and then obviously like your skin's rotting and it's very unsanitary and highly contagious oh which makes sense because he he's a germaphobe yep got it yep um i don't know i hate bugs okay so i think pennywise himself or herself or whatever being that giant spider creature in, in the original form would probably creep me out enough i'd be Okay. What the fuck is that? Right. What the fuck is that? <laughs> it's a good like it's a good question. I think when what I was a you? kid it would have been like the house I grew up in was very haunted. So what would have freaked me out would have been like a woman in a long black dress. Kind of like Curse of La Urana esque. Like that would have freaked uh, okay. me out as a I, kid. You know, actually I, now that I'm thinking about it, when I was a kid, we had this garage when I was living with my mom and uh I would go out there, I, I think, like, feed my dog or something, and it would be, like, pitch black. And for some reason, I had only seen the leprechaun, like, <laughs> like a couple of clip, like, a couple of minutes of the movie. Never really saw the whole thing. And I think at that time, it was, like, Leprechaun 3 or something. Actually, I don't know. Maybe, it actually might have been the first one. But for some reason, I was always like, fuck, the leprechaun's, like, in the fucking garage. Right? And for some reason, I, that, I would just mentally mess myself up with that it's amazing so what if he burn in your head as a kid that would just like freak you out for a long long time what i think the best scene in this movie though is is the fun house um, with the mirrors and say, like that other kid what would i say the best scene is or like the fu- most entertaining like funnest fun is that a word I, funnest i don't know that's a good question i i really liked that not scary at all. Scary, very scary door selection with the Pomeranian part. My mom and I were just wheezing Apparently, with laughter and then also screaming. That whole scene was improv. Most of it was like scripted and they would add stuff to it. But that was the one scene where it was just all off top. Oh, so funny. Apparently. The, Apparently. the gazebo line was an ad lib from the first one. <laughs> There's also, uh, this is another Easter egg, is uh, one of the original kids who played Ben, mm-hmm. he was in this movie, 
He had some cameo from the 90s. Like, the oh, kid that played mm-hmm. Ben in the 90s had a cameo. Really? Yeah, I more noticed... I noticed more things, too, with Chapter 1. Like, whenever the TV or the radio's on, they're talking about getting into the sewers, floating, bubbles. Everything's re- revolved around the number 27, which is, yes. I think is a Stephen King thing. Um, so the release dates of both movies, if you add them all up, equals 27. Oh. The year in 1989. Well, yeah, they, the remake was 27 years later. And the remake was 27 years later. Which makes sense considering Weird. Pennywise rises every 27 years. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> I'll insert a Pennywise laugh. <laughs> I love, I wish that there would have been more of that, the sound effect that's in the previews and that was so prevalent in the first one that like, wow, wow, mm-hmm. like that thing that just like gets you like in the spine. Like, yeah, like in the back of the teeth and you're like, oh God, that's so creepy. It was like kind of, I wish that this that had been pumped up more in us because I feel like the score of both one and two is so amazing. Like the musical selection yeah. and all of that. I just wish that they had put it in two more because I feel like it could be almost as iconic as the Jaws theme if it had been played again. Yeah, for some reason, I feel like it's only in the trailer. Yeah, well, and I feel, is it in the first one? But I don't know why it's not. Maybe in, it's not in the first I, one. I, I don't think it is. I think it's just a trailer. And oh. we, like, it's obviously in that Birds of Prey trailer, too. Yeah, I just. At the beginning, right? Oh, that just gives me the, the willies. It's so, it's so it's good. It's a weird sound, for sure. It's really, really good. Yeah, it's done by some uh, dude's name is like Benjamin something. Well, um, Benjamin. Do you think they're going to make a third one? No. I think it's done. According to the director, he wants to, and and Bill Skarsgård, they're they're open to playing or doing a third well, one. Of course you it, are. If but it does well, and if and if it makes sense, I just feel like sometimes that's so hard right now that I think it could be done, and I would love to see an original like new take on and not the, using his fucking Stephen King's book, like take the character and intellectual property and make something fresh and new. Maybe like it's a different sound or a prequel or like do something more with the character. Oh, like Pennywise I mean, I back like in 1740 when all the settlers disappeared. Or something like that. Or like, yeah, yeah like a new, he obviously leaves Derry and then goes somewhere else and like causes havoc. Yeah, I just sometimes feel like more children. when they keep pushing like into a franchise, because like at what point, like how often now are movies just the movie? And, like, don't require a sequel and a prequel and a part three and a spinoff. And a, sometimes I just wish that they could but just be themselves. That's how. But when there's a, a, a villain and a monster like like a Pennywise, all those like anything in the horror genre has like nine sequels. I know, but they get worse and worse. Like no one thinks like, oh, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street 8. Elm Street 8 was, like, actually the best one in the film. No, of course not. It's just a steady kind of a decline with an occasional spike. But most of the time, I feel like it just gets worse. And then I feel like it taints the original stuff. I, but I, don't, I think it just makes re, reinvents the characters. Like, I mean, who, everyone knows who Jason Voorhees is. Everyone knows who Chucky is. Everybody knows who Freddy yeah, Krueger well, is. I mean, I don't well, think that, you know, the Chucky I mean, I didn't, was I didn't good. really like. Ow, cat. I didn't think so either. 
Like, I don't think the Chucky remake was good, and I don't know. I mean, the Halloween ones were okay. I liked Rob Zombie's take on Halloween, but uh, even the last the new Halloween one with um, what's his name, Kenny Powers, is is the producer, and like um, Danny McBride. Did you know he produced that? No. He like brought that whole film back. Yeah. I, I just think I I'm I was all for this because there's been a you know an almost three decade span between the original and when the book came out and now. But I feel like when people just keep stacking into a franchise, like I just feel like it just gets weaker and weaker. Like it's got like a half life on it, and it just gets. I don't. I've never seen you know uh part four or i guess maybe rocky part four but i've never seen rocky so that doesn't count but people say part four was really good but it just i feel like it just a new retake on pennywise i feel like because pennywise has been so fantastically done by tim curry and bill skarsgård and he would do it again but i feel like it would just not be as good and then i feel like the work that one does when it was really good isn't as good anymore when you've done a crappy performance of it because you had a bad script or it flopped or whatever it was i feel like just let it let it be is my take on it obviously if there's a third one that comes out i'll go see the damn thing but um (laughs) if i was to be the studio exec to like make the decision i'd be like no let's let's wait 27 years and freak out a whole nother fucking generation of kids with another revival of pennywise tell the same movie well, no, like the it could, then he again. could come back, but like he's been killed now. It's been 27 years later to make another one. Unless you're going to go into the past and do one of these, you know, like the explosion, the settlers disappearing, those old stories of Pennywise, like to bring out another one with him in present time totally ruins the 27 year rebirth cadence that this whole franchise is set on. So you'd be better. You'd be you would take a prequel right now. I take I take a prequel. Like in two years. I would be I'd be upset if. <laughs> what if it's be. really good though? It won't be. You don't know that. I, it couldn't be because Pennywise rises every twenty seven years for the last billion years, and suddenly now, like a year later, Pennywise is back after they performed the ceremony and he became I'm a say, baby it, and they crushed his I'm heart. Saying, no, I'm saying a, a prequel. A prequel, yes. I'm talking about a prequel. If they, yes, I would take a prequel if they do something where he like comes back to life two years later and is in you know sacramento in 2022 i'm not no no not cool <laughs> what if it's like a futuristic space movie <laughs> Fucking pennywise pennywise goes to space 27 years later yeah so it's like 2047 no no i, w- I would think it would be kind of cool for it to be like a creepy like seventeen hundred. Well, there is a there is film. a cult classic. There is a cult classic movie that's like killer clowns from outer space. space. There's a pop coming out from that. That's our review on it, chapter two. Yes. Uh, go see it if you love scary movies. If you want to know what happens to these kids as adults, what they're up to, what jobs they have, and all that stuff, you can see all of that in this film. See how people who've gone through uh, intense trauma become highly successful adults. So not the case in real life, but yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm like, sure. Why not? I would. I'd be in. I'd be in with what's his face in the mental institution. If I had lived that, I would not be like living in a five million dollar brownstone in New York City. Like, no. <laughs> 
that's our show. <laughs> that's our show for this week, episode 25 of the Dopest Podcast on Earth. And we are almost to episode 100. But I'm Bradley Bax. This is Katie. We'll see you next week, y'all. Peace. Bye.